0: What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. This week, we're actually not reviewing a new movie. Um, We're going to be checking in on the state of the streaming wars. And more specifically what that means to you and why you should actually care even though sometimes it can you know feel like super technical business talk when we talk about these streaming services but we'll talk about why it matters to you then I've got a fun little indie movie to recommend uh, a fast talking Cary Grant classic and the ultimate comfort food tv show literally So plenty to uh, listen for on this episode. Thank you again so much for listening, for sharing with friends. You can check out the newsletter version of this podcast by going to mattcraig.substack.com. And thank you so much for subscribing and spreading the word. But first, let's talk about the streaming wars. Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, Disney+, HBO Max, Peacock, Showtime, Apple TV+, and as of last week, Paramount+. Now, these are just the major streaming players. There's also Stars, Epix, Shudder, ESPN+, DC Universe, BET+, The Criterion Channel, and like a million more niche offerings. There's so many different streaming services these days, each with its own exclusives and originals that... Figuring out what to watch in this seemingly infinite landscape of content is almost easier than finding where to actually watch it. That multi-step process inevitably includes Googling a title to see where it's, what service it's on, trying to remember if you subscribe to that service, then deciding which friend you can reach out to for a password. It's not reasonable or even feasible to assume the average consumer can subscribe to all platforms, and likely they can't carry more than two or three. That scarcity has led to the streaming wars, quote-unquote, for consumers' dollars and attention. It's annoying, no doubt, but ultimately I feel most people regard these wars as nothing more than an inconvenience. Just tell me which services I need to pay for it, which ones I can skip, and oh, are we able to stream that one movie you recommended, Matt? (laughs) But on a grander scale, these shifting market forces will determine the types of shows and movies all of us will be watching for the next 20 years. When you consider how much cumulative time you or I or anyone will be spending watching that content, it's a pretty important topic. Take, for example, the inevitable decline of movie theaters. AMC announced this week that they lost $4.6 billion in 2020, which on the surface seems like a boring business story. But if the number of movie theaters across the country, country shrinks dramatically, then the economic model for movie distribution changes with it maybe mega blockbusters couldn't even produce a million dollars or a billion dollars at the box office, which would make them less economically viable for the studios to produce, and so maybe studios simply stop making them. Or if streaming platforms want to maximize the time a viewer engages with their platform, then maybe it makes more sense to stretch their, idea, their story idea into a 10-hour series than a 2-hour movie which maybe changes the mind of a movie star or a director about participating, which then in turn maybe makes the difference between being good and bad. Or if data shows that premiering new shows raises subscriber acquisition numbers, maybe more of your favorite shows will get canceled after just one or two seasons. These are very real and tangible possibilities as a result of these silly quote-unquote wars. Now, rising above the fray is Netflix, the clear winner of this first generation of competition. Netflix built its audience with the full consent of competitors who were eager to give away their content for an extra paycheck just a few short years ago. By the time that gravy train ran out, Netflix had become so ubiquitous that quote-unquote watching Netflix is a verb used to describe watching any streaming platform. Now with over 205 million subscribers, Their platform holds the power to elevate almost anything into a worldwide phenomenon. Everyone else has to play by a new set of rules. New content brings consumers and customers in, and vast libraries keeps them hanging around. Now, that's a delicate balance. That is the real reason why this year, even after movie theaters reopen at full capacity, HBO Max is going to release Warner Brothers movies on the same day to streaming. Prior to the announcement, the platform had a great library with decades of HBO classics and the most comprehensive collection of movie classics anywhere. But it lacked a way to get people in the door. Enter Wonder Woman 1984, a movie which helped double, yes, double HBO Max's total subscriber count in Q4 of 2020. As a result, a ton of people are going to be watching Warner Brothers' massive blockbuster releases like God- Godzilla vs. King Kong and, more importantly, Dune, at home on their iphone while on the toilet or pretending to work that reduction in delivery quality has caused at least one high profile director christopher get off my lawn nolan to no longer make movies for them that's real life consequences now every service tells a similar story disney plus shouldered its way into the rotation by branding itself as a can't miss product for children amassing 100 million subs at a record speed then they became Ground Zero for the revival of the Star Wars brand and the launch of the new phase of the Marvel not so Cinematic Universe. Peacock may have become a legit contender had it launched with its intended package of Olympics coverage, and until the pandemic nicks that, Hulu Highs Live sports as every commercial break for a basketball game this March will remind you, and signing up for NFL coverage is the only reason I stumbled through the back door this past week into Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus is a rebrand of the streaming service formerly known as CBS All Access, owned by the parent company, Viacom. Yawn, right? This is just business stuff. But let's say you want to watch Sunday Night Football, or you're a fan of one of CBS's hugely popular shows like NCIS, C- CSI, Survivor, How I Met Your Mother, The Big Bang Theory, going back to MASH, I Love Lucy, Perry Mason... Or, what if you like movie franchises like Star Trek, Indiana Jones, The Godfather, Transformers, or Mission Impossible in time, you're not going to be able to see any of them ever again without a subscription to Paramount Plus that is unless, as I suspect that Paramount is angling itself as an acquisition target if the media business continues consolidating That's kind of depressing, right, but perhaps not as depressing as the fact that Paramount's subscriber acquisition strategy consists of pimping out its goldmine of 1970s-era prestige titles like The Godfather, Grease, Love Story, and Fatal Attraction into new series, and commissioning revivals of long-dead shows like Frasier, Rugrats, iCarly, and anything else capable of conjuring the tiniest bit of nostalgia. Navigating the landscape has never been more difficult, and it's only going to get harder. Luckily for you, if you're reading this, you've got a field guide here, ready to curate and clarify what you need to see and what you'll hopefully enjoy. With that said, most of the recommendations for this newsletter are going to come from Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max, which would be my personal top three streamers. Although, if you're hooked on two-day shipping like me, I'd also include Amazon Prime. Anyway, happy streaming. Alright guys, every week I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week's something new. It's a release on video on demand, so you gotta drop a couple bucks for it, but it's called Pixie. (laughs) Most people would disregard this small little indie adventure as derivative, but if someone wants to rip off the exact types of movies I love, I'll more than allow it. The influences of Quentin Tarantino and Guy Ritchie's gangster movies mixed with pretty obvious vibes from Alfonso Cuaron's E2 Mama Tambien, which is awesome, by the way, if you haven't seen it, produced this guy-girl-guy crime caper set in Western Ireland. It's a classic bag-of-money movie, except this time the loot was stolen from a group of drug-smuggling priests and nuns, led by Alec Baldwin, doing his best to sport an Irish accent. <laughs> what a log line. In center frame is Olivia Cook, who I've been a massive fan of ever since Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. She's also great in Sound of Metal and Thoroughbreds. Her magnetic presence is able to carry both the ridiculous humor and buzzy action here, while almost pulling off the pretty kitschy emotional backbone at the same time. She's surrounded by basically half the goons from Peaky Blinders and a handful of other co- colorful and quirky characters. It's a super fun movie, even if the non cook characters where the ambitions of Tarantino Ritchie ultra cool like a bad wig. At least check out the trailer, and I'll bet you'll want to throw down a couple bucks on demand this week to watch Pixie. Alright, something old this week. I'm talking about His Girl Friday. It came out in 1941, and it's now streaming on Amazon Prime. Oh, you thought Aaron Sorkin's dialogue was fast. This Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell comedy machine guns its dialogue twice as quickly, oftentimes three or four conversations happening at the same time, with each one trying to outdo the others in wit and cleverness. The spine of the story is the famous stage play, The Front Page, adapted with a gender swap so that Russell's crack journalist is trying to escape Grant's manipulative ex-husband editor, both professionally and personally, unfolding on the day of the biggest news event of her career and on the eve of her wedding to another man. It's pure chaos leading to pure comedy, building more and more pressure until the whole thing explodes. The insane pacing preserves the movie for modern audiences, and I think any fans of Sorkin or witty rom-coms would enjoy this Howard Hawks classic. Something to stream this week, Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy, and you can find it on CNN's CNN's website. The pandemic has given rise to the term virtual tourism, a trend I was eager to make fun of until this past week when Stanley Tucci's travel show, quite literally, brought tears to my eyes. (laughs) Italy's food and culture is an enthusiasm of mine, and the overwhelming presentation here is so bellissimo that it made me want to restart my Italian lessons on Duolingo and look up plane ticket prices on Kayak. Fans of Anthony Bourdain would offer the critique that this show approaches every city, dish, and person it meets with rose-colored glasses, and a good 70% of a given episode is Tucci reacting to every piece of food he puts in his mouth as if it's manna from heaven. Still, every bite looks like it is that good, and the show is more comforting than an authentic Roman bowl of Cassio I Pepe. C'è bello. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening to No Country for Old Men. Again, you can check out the newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com. Over there, I also broke down a trailer for a movie called Bad Trip, starring Eric Andre, Tiffany Haddish, and Lil' Ray Howardy and kind of kicking off this new wave of hidden camera comedies uh, in the wake of Borat, which looks like it might literally be nominated for Best Picture, which is... <laughs> pretty incredible um next week's show we're definitely gonna be talking about uh the oscar nominations which are on the doorstep and who knows <laughs> i don't i think less people know what's going to happen in in, in uh, other years also of course i still have to see news of the world uh, that's going to be coming out on vod rental soon uh, so i am waiting for that one i think i've seen pretty much all the other oscar movies so i, I would say i'm pretty ready in that regard and then we're gonna get to the dark days when <laughs> not a lot of good movies are coming out and we're gonna have to get a little creative uh with episodes but as always guys thank you so much for listening and watching and sharing and spreading the word until next week i guess i'll see you at the movies